Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Today to have our bishop uh, in the house and his wife with us, Bishop David Jarvis and, and Jan were appointed as the administrative bishop of West Virginia at the 78th General Assembly. Um, and they previously served as administrative bishop in the Rocky Mountain region and also in the Heartland region. They served as state youth uh, and discipleship director for 26 years. That's a long time. In Hawaii, um, how did you endure that? I mean, Hawaii, Oklahoma, West Virginia, South Carolina, South Georgia, and Alabama. They've also served as lead pastors in Virginia, Kentucky, and again, Hawaii. David and Jan were born in Ohio and served there as youth and music pastors, and today, it is truly an honor. We're excited to hear, Bishop, what God has put in your heart for the house today. So I'm going to ask Bethesda, if you would, would you stand and let's give a Bethesda welcome to our administrative bishop, Bishop David Jarvis, as he comes to share the word. Jan, it's an honor to have you here. Give it up for Jan as well. We're honored. Would you give Jesus a big hand? Amen. What an exciting day. Everybody say a new thing, a new year. It's going to spring forth. How many of you believe God's got a new thing for you? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap offering of praise. Amen. Remain standing for just a moment if they'll get things ready for me. It is an honor for Jan and I to be with you. We love Pastor Chad and Pastor Karen. I've known them before they began in ministry, and I've watched the hand of God upon their lives. And I am so proud to see how God has used them and the vision that God has put in their heart to do what they've done here in Greenbrier County. Don't you love your lead pastors? Let them know you love them and appreciate them so much. Amen. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord today. We love and appreciate you. If you would go with me, let's go to the book of Isaiah. If you would go there to chapter 6. If you would pull those scriptures up. I forgot to bring my Bible. I thought it was on my iPad. Isaiah chapter 6. How many of you love the word of the Lord? Since in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. How many of you want to see him today? Sitting on a throne. How many of you know he's on the throne today? High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Go to the next verse. And above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
and the posts of the door were moved or were shaken by the voice of him who cried out and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, woe is me for I'm undone because I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth with it and said, and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this had touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning on mission and vision. Would you just ask the Lord to bless our time in the word right now. Father, we love you and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today on this first day of this new year. God, I ask that you do a new thing in our lives that we leave here with a clear focus and a vision of what you want us to do for your kingdom and for your glory. God, I ask that you anoint me, anoint every ear to hear the word of the Lord and receive the word, what you want accomplished in this service today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, turn around and tell somebody they don't look a year older. Would you do that this morning? You know, as we begin this new year, we begin to focus on everything new and we do a, a search of what we been through and, and, and where we're going to in a new year. And our focus brings us to New Year's resolutions and focus on new things. And we have a vision. All over America today, there's pastors that are casting vision. I declare to you that everything begins with a vision. You know, in, in corporate settings and even in church leadership settings, they talk about mission and vision, but today I want to talk about vision and mission because I believe everything begins with a vision. Everything that we enjoy, inventions, somebody had a vision of what could make our lives better. They had a vision of that. Can I tell you, ministries, schools, universities, and even churches have begun because of a vision. You're sitting in this building today because your pastors had a vision of what God wanted to do. I'm reminded many, 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 many years ago, there was a 15-year-old boy that was dying of tuberculosis in Ada, Oklahoma. That 15-year-old boy had laid in bed for 153 days at the point of death. And somebody told him this, there is a revival at the Church of God in Ada, Oklahoma. We think if you go, God will heal you. They took him in a car and they went to Townsend Street to where our church, Restoration Church, is today. And they were took that young boy who was dying at the point of death, 150-something days, they took him into a tent revival on Townsend Street at the Church of God. And guess what? When he walked into that tent, the Holy Spirit gave this young man a vision and said to him, I want you to build a universe university that will touch the world. That young man was Oral Roberts. 
God healed him of tuberculosis at the Church of God in Ada, Oklahoma. And can I tell you, there is a university because there was a 15-year-old boy. How many of you 15-year-old boys have a vision to build a university? God gave him a vision. Everything begins with vision. Anybody ever hear of Walt Disney? How many of you, he's gotten a lot of your money? He had this grandiose vision of building a great theme park in the swamplands of central Florida. Everybody told him he was crazy. People go to Florida for the coast. They don't go for central Florida. They don't go for the swamps. They go for the beach. But how many of you have spent money at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida? They tell the story that the media's there. They're getting ready to cut the ribbons, and everybody's there to celebrate the happiest place on earth. And But Walt Disney had died before the dedication, and they're getting ready to cut the ribbon. All of a sudden, somebody says this. It's a shame that Walt didn't see this. And all of a sudden, Walt Disney's wife and one of his associates, Mike Vance, wheeled around and said, you are wrong. He did see it. That's why we're here. We wouldn't be here had he not seen it. Can I tell you there is nothing like the power of vision. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. In the New King James, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Do you understand what that means today? If we don't have a vision, there are people that are going to suffer. There are people that are going to perish if we don't have a vision. There are people that are going to go hungry. There are people that are going to be lost. There are kids that are going to suffer. We must have a vision. Everything begins with a vision. Now, there are those types of visions all over America today and churches all over America. There are those that have a limited vision. They only have a vision for something that makes them more comfortable. They have a vision maybe to pave the parking lot because they don't want to walk in the mud. They have a vision to buy new chairs because they don't want to sit on a hard pew. They have a limited vision and then they're churches that have a divided vision. There's a different division, a different vision all over the house, and this causes division. And then there's those churches that have no vision at all. They're not doing anything in their community, not doing anything to reach their, the lost of their community. And then there's the fourth one. There are those that have a united vision. I'm happy to report to you that Bethesda is one of those churches that has a united vision. They have heard from heaven. They have united to reach their community. They realize that God has called them and placed them, not that this is a private party for us just to come in and feel good for an hour and a half on Sunday, but you have a vision to reach your community. I love what Pastor said today. I think one of the greatest mistakes that people do is they just want converts and they just want a crowd. But God did not call us to that. God called us to make disciples. Amen? It all began with a vision for Isaiah. 
Isaiah chapter 6, it tells us, In the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. It mentions King Uzziah, who was a successful king. Under his leadership for many, many years, 20 plus years, it was a time of prosperity. It was a time that Israel was at peace and everybody seemed to uh, have everything going their way and things were going good. But he was no longer on the throne. He was dead. And it caused apprehension all over Israel. People didn't know what to do because the king was dead. He was not sitting on the throne. People were apprehensive, but you know what? When you're apprehensive about the future, some of you may be apprehensive about 2023 and what's going on. You know what Isaiah did? The Bible tells us that Isaiah, he made his way to the temple. He got to the house of the Lord. When you don't know what to do and you're full of all kinds of apprehension, you've got to get in the presence of God. When things come your way in 2023, you don't know what to do. Get to the house of God. Get in the presence of God. Isaiah walked into the temple. He knew that his answer was going to be in the temple. He knew that the king was not on the throne, but he walked in the house of the Lord and he got in the presence of the Lord. And I love this. When he walked into God's house, you know what he said? I saw the Lord. You know what my prayer is? Every church in West Virginia, when people off the street come, they walk in, they see the Lord. When they walk into the house of God, my prayer is when we walk into his house that we see him. We don't see personalities, but we see the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord. The first thing we must do to make it through 2023 is we've got to have a vision of who he is and where he is. King Uzziah was not on the throne. Things were going crazy. The world seemed so different. But he said, when I got into his presence and and when I walked into the house of the Lord, I saw the Lord. And I love this part. He was sitting on the throne. The king was not there, but the Lord was on the throne. You may not know what's going on, but if you can have a vision of who he is and where he is, can I tell you, you'll realize everything is going to be all right. When you get in his presence and it looks like the world's went crazy, you're full of apprehension about the future, but if you'll get in his presence and see the Lord and realize the world looks like it's gone crazy, but don't worry, Bethesda, he is still sitting on the throne today. No matter what comes our way in 2023, I declare to you, he's still on the throne. It's going to be all right. God has not gotten old. He's not dead. He's still on the throne. Look at somebody and say, he's still on the throne. And when you have a vision of who he is and where he is, how many of you know you're not going to worry about everything else going on around you? You say, but the world's crazy. Yes, it is. Who you wanted in the White House may not be there. Your king may not be upon the throne, but my God is still on the throne today. It doesn't matter what comes our way, January, June, or next December. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what goes on in Washington. He's still on the throne. Hallelujah. How many of you believe he's on the throne this morning? 
when Isaiah didn't know what to do, he went to the temple. It doesn't matter what's going on today. We got to realize who he is and where he is. When you get in his presence, you know he's above it all. How many of you know God's above it all? You know, several years ago when that dreaded C word came, everything was shutting down. It looked like we'd never seen before. I thank God I was living in Oklahoma and we had a spirit-filled governor. Governor Stitt called all the pastors together and he said, we've got to pray. And on television all over the state of Oklahoma, he had a night of hope. And he brought pastors in to pray, praise and worship. And we began to pray. And we prayed all over Oklahoma. He's a spirit-filled believer. He attended our camp meeting this past summer in Norman, Oklahoma. But you know what? He began to pray, but there were other leaders that made fun of him. One of them, by the name of Governor Como, former Governor Como, he made this statement. We don't need God. We need science. And he made fun of our governor. But can I tell you, my Bible tells me that it doesn't matter what everybody stands up and say, God's still on the throne. And you know, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess because he's on the throne. Can I tell you one day Governor Como is going to get down on his knee and he's going to declare, I do need God. Jesus Christ is Lord of that thing that's caused you problems in 2022. Can I tell you, it has to bow to the Lord God. Everything is under his feet. He is still on the throne. Hallelujah. How many of you believe he's on the throne? When you have a vision of who he is and where he is, it helps you to have a vision of who you really are. When I see people always wanting to talk about them, it gives me one clue. They've not been with him. Did you hear what I said? If they want to talk about them, They've not been with him. Because when you get in his presence and you see who he really is, can I tell you, you're not going to be talking about you. You're not going to be boasting, but you're going to be bowing when you get in his presence. When I see people act like the church is blessed to have them, I realize they have not been in the presence of God. When I see people prancing around like they're God's gift, I realize they've not been in the presence of God. Because when you get in the real presence, presence of God, you realize who you really are. You are nothing in the presence of God. What was the first thing that Isaiah said when he got in his presence? Whoa. How many of you know what woe means? I know there's people that think I'm dogmatic, old-fashioned, but when you get in his presence, you're going to go, whoa. 
And the first thing Isaiah did, he saw himself as he really was. He was a prophet. He was a man of God. But the first thing he said was, whoa, I'm a man undone. I've got sin. My lips has caused me to, to sin before God. I'm, he saw his sin when he got in the presence of God. You're not worried about anybody else. You're worried about yourself, and you see yourself for who you really are. He said, Lord, I'm undone. And the Bible tells us that the seraphims, when they saw him, they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. They covered their face when they were in the presence of God with their wings, and, and they began to fly, and they began to declare the glory of God. And Isaiah saw, I am nothing in the presence of a great God that's sitting on a throne. And what happened the Bible tells us that one of the seraphims went to the altar and took some hot coals from the altar and touched his tongue and purged his lips. I declare to you in 2022, the greatest damage that was done to the kingdom of God came through people's lips. In 2023, we must have our lips purged. We've got to speak the right things in 2023. We don't need to speak death, we need to speak life. We don't need to speak negative, we need to speak the word of God. In 2023, I say, God, every day purge my lips. You say, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 17. How many of you know that's New Testament? John the Revelator, when he was on the Isle of Patmos and the Lord appeared to him and he got in the presence of the Lord. Somebody says, I just want to hang out with Jesus. Well, you can hang out with Jesus, but when you get in his presence, you're not going to be kicked back. You're going to be on your face. When you get in the real presence of God, you're not kicked back on your phone on Facebook. When you get in his presence, you'll see what John the Revelator said. He said, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet like I was dead. When I got in his presence, I couldn't even stand up because of the glory of the Lord. When you get in his presence and you have a vision of who he is and where he is, and you have a vision of who you really are, and you get in his presence, you'll do just like Paul in the New Testament. He was on his high horse on the road to Damascus. He found himself in the dirt and said, Who art thou, Lord? When you get in the presence of God, you won't be boasting but you'll be bowing in the glory of the Lord in his presence. Somebody give him praise this morning. I'm almost finished. I strive to be a short preacher every day of my life. They ask you back if you're short. We have a vision of who he is and where he is. How many of you know we're not going to worry about what's going on around us because we know he's on the throne. And then we have a vision of who we really are. Then it brings us to this. We need to have a vision of what he wants us to do. I know contrary to popular belief, 
The Lord didn't save you so you could slip in, slump down, and slide out. Did you hear what I said? God didn't call you to go to church to scratch your itch. So you can tell Granny, yes, I went to church today. My dad was a hillbilly from southeastern Kentucky. And this is what he'd say. He'd say to the grandkids, to my kids, did you go to church today? If you didn't, you get a zero with God today is what my daddy used to say. So some people go to church just to keep grandpa and grandma from nagging at them. But that's not what it's all about. You've got to have a vision of what he wants you to do. After Isaiah had a vision of who he was and where he was and who he really was, all of a sudden the Bible tells us he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Can I tell you in 2023 the Lord is still saying who will go? Who can I send? God didn't call us just to sit and enjoy. God did not save you just for your enjoyment, but for your employment. God did not save you for your enjoyment, but for your employment. And the voice of the Lord is still saying today, who will go? Who can I send? You notice, it didn't happen until he got talking right. And got things right. And after he got things right, God wanted to use him. You say, well, I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too this. Moses was a stutterer, but God used him with a shepherd's staff to shake the scepter out of a king's hand. Don't tell me, God. You know what God loves to do? He loves to take a nobody from nowhere and make somebody out of them. And you know what God loves to do? He wants to take those that will get busy and do what nobody wants to do when nobody's looking and then God will let you do what everybody wants to do when everybody's looking. Who will go? Who can I send? Today, if you forget everything else I said, in 2023, you've got to have a vision of what he wants you to do. Would you believe in the heartland I had three pastors that were in their 90s? Don't tell me you're too old. And I saw young preacher boys 15 and 16 years old that had a heart after God doing things. And I've seen people involved in ministry that they've, everybody thought they were too young, but you're never too young, you're never too old. But the Lord is still saying today, who will go? Who can I send? It's got to begin with a vision. Today you've got to have a vision of who he is. He's high and lifted up. There's nobody above him. You realize he made all these beautiful mountains in Greenbrier County? How many of you believe God showed out in West Virginia? Pastor said we were in Rocky Mountain region. And they said, you were in West Virginia? They called the Mountain State. I said, yes. 
They don't know what mountains are. I looked at one of our pastors who was born here in West Virginia, who's now the overseer. I said, David, you see these things that we call creeks back in West Virginia? They call them rivers out here. But how many of you know God showed out in West Virginia? He created everything you see. He created you for 2023 to do something significant for him. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this thing's winding up. I believe Jesus could come in 2023. And what, when we have that vision, what is the mission? You've heard it over and over and over. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, that's why you've raised money for church planning. That's why you're doing what we're doing and this, this compass group. This is why you're making disciples. This is why you're doing everything that you do in world missions and to reach people here and in this area and our state and all over the world is because the mission Jesus gave, and I love Leonard Sweet. Anybody know who Leonard Sweet is? This is what he said to a group of us leaders. He said, you're always all trying to make your own vision statements and mission statements because you probably don't like the one Jesus gave. And he said, here it is. Go. How many of you know what go means? How many of you know when the light turns green, what are we supposed to do? How many of you know we're not supposed to be scrolling Facebook when that light turns green? Go into all the world. You know what that means? That means Brooklyn. That means the subways. That means the high rises. But that means the hollers. That means on top of the mountains. We're to go into all the world and preach, tell the good news of Jesus Christ to every creature. I'm closing with this. It's not a selective group that we're to reach. I stood up in one of our big southern states and made a statement I thought would get me killed. I did it. I said, some of you will raise money to send to Africa, to people of color, but you won't worship with them right here. I can't believe I got to stay four years there. To every creature. You know what that also means? Those people that wear those headdresses that we're taught to hate. We're supposed to take the gospel to the Arab world as well. You know, some of us are like Jonah. The Lord told him to go to Nineveh and preach, and then he got mad because God spared him. There's probably some people in churches in West Virginia would get mad if revival hit Iran and Iraq.
But the mission is go into all the world and preach the gospel to the Arabs, to the Muslims, to the Hindus, to everybody. That is the mission. Would you stand with me this morning? Twenty twenty three, we must have a vision of who he is and where he is. I don't have it all figured out, but I know this he's on the throne. And I tell you, if I had to be over a thing, how many of you know I'd mess it up? Aren't you glad I'm not God? I got a call before we moved here. A few days before we moved here, the floods that hit Kanawha County and Fayette County destroyed our church in Parsonage and Smithers. I hadn't been in the state 48 hours. And I stood at Smithers and looked at the devastation. And I told Pastor Joe Hubbard, I said, we don't have the money to do it. But God ain't broke. I don't know how we're going to do it. But can I tell you through the churches of God in West Virginia, you gave over $53,000 to help Smithers Church of God. And this morning, sitting right back there, I got a text from Pastor Joe Hubbard said, Bishop, somebody just gave a $20,000 anonymous check to the Smithers Church of God. He's on the throne. Help me have a vision of who I really am. How many of you know some folks are so full of themselves and you know they've not been in his presence? Because when you're in his presence, you're not going to be full of yourself. You're going to be full of God. And we've got to have a vision of what he wants us to do. That's where we're at right now. It's where the rubber meets the road. What does God want you to do in 2023? God wants you to do more than just come, lift your hands, and leave. This is a lifestyle. It's not just a Sunday morning destination. This is a lifestyle. Father, I've delivered what you put on my heart. Lord, there may be somebody here that have not given their heart to you. Let this be the day they make that commitment to follow you as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of their life. Well, every head's bowed, never eyes closed. If you're here and you'd like to know this Jesus, would you just slip up your hand and write back down, I'd like to know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus. I want to start this new year serving him on January the 1st. I want to know him. I want to live for him. I want this to be a new year, a new me. I want to be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank God. And this is 
what I'm closing with. I don't know how you normally do it, but this is what I feel led to do today. I want you to find a place to hear the voice of the Lord today. Have a vision of who He is, where He is, and who you really are, but what does God want you to do in 2023? God has a work for you. We are to pray that the Lord of the harvest would send labors in the harvest. Would you right now, as many of you want to come and stand around here, if you want to kneel at your seat, as they sing, I want you to ask God, God, what would you have me to do? I want to have a vision. I still hear the voice of the Lord today saying, who will go? He's saying today in 2023, who will go and who can I send? Would you just come and find a place right now as they sing and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to have a vision of what you want me to do. Would you come right now in the name of Jesus as they sing? Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.